You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The albums you wouldn't shut up about Broken records The music our guests can't live without Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World, Broadway Podcast Network, and Broadway On Demand. I am your host, Ben Rimmelauer, here with the loveliest of lovelies, Daniel Nolan. Thank you. Hey, y'all. We are so excited to be celebrating not just Gypsy and uh, all the Mama Roses of the world, but our 50th anniversary of Broken Records. Happy 50th, Daniel. What is that, golden? Sure. Our, our, our goldstone anniversary? <laughs> yes, good Good way, good way, good way to get in. Um, uh, I just wanted to check in with you and see how you're coming along on your tincture journey. Oh, my tincture journey. Well, I have to say, almost too well, because the other <laughs> night... <laughs> The other night I took uh, the sleep one and I put a few drops of it into the warm water and drank it before bed like the instructions say to. Yep. I take that build sleep. That Build that, sleep, uh, yes. Dr. Anna Gold number seven. I take that every night now. I sleep like a baby. I sleep like a baby, but I also took it in addition to my usual cup of chamomile tea and mel- <laughs> melatonin. Never mix, never worry. <laughs> never mix, never worry. So, yeah, I woke up the next day, like, fully not aware of where I was, what century it was, what my name was. And that Heaven. was, that's truly how I want to sleep every night. So it's been really good. I highly recommend the build sleep. I'm just wondering where all my usual pee is going. I am sleeping <laughs> so well. I just get through the entire night every night. And I, 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 I'll tell you one thing. I do not miss going to the bathroom at five in the morning every day. And no, no. Um, I, I, the first night that I was on it, first couple nights, I would wake up having to pee on it. so badly. Uh-huh. But now I don't. I mean, I do pee in the morning, but like I, I like a normal person, not like somebody who's like in an emergency situation. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, I guess when your body is in like a lighter sleep, you are more aware of like, oh, my bladder tells me I need to pee, so I'm going to wake up. When you're in deep sleep, 
you know, it doesn't oh, even matter. that's interesting. Well, it also might be that I have definitely, and the bottle that is going the fastest, no question, I've been hitting up the balance. That's number 11. Oh, that, yes. I didn't get that one, but I need to, I need to oh, get that one. It is a good one. It improves mood and calm. Mm. And um, I just, you know, I mean, now I'm, this, I'm really turning into the like, like um, Ayurvedic homeopathic version of my old addict self. Oh my god, that should be that should be your character, like your sketch <laughs> comedy character. Because you know, I I love to take my CBD drops, oh, and yes. um, I don't know if they really give me like marijuana level anxiety. Because I can, I can all... hear I can hear it clinking right now. I can hear the clink of the of the dropper. Stop it. It's not, but um, like I really they... can. <laughs> Or maybe it's your straw or something. I can hear something on glass. I'm not doing anything on glass, I swear. I my- <laughs> it's just the crack pipe. It's just the crack pipe. Um, but that's plastic. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, oh, so I take my, I, the experts say that the CBD does not have THC and it should not be giving me any of that kind of mental high of pot. It just relaxes me, but it it's so that I can like, you know, just kind of like chill out, feel good in my body, muscle tension. Yeah. But sometimes it does give me a little bit of that like like stoned paranoid anxiety. Yeah. It gave like me that not, when I took it uh with right? you on yeah, the beach. you know. And um you know, not paranoid like I'm going to get arrested cuz CBD, well, pot is legal in New York now too, but I mean truly CBD is. is certainly legal. But just like I just get a little like anxious, but no more. I take the ba- it's like CBD has replaced my pot. And uh-huh. the balance tincture from Dr. Anna Gold has replaced my booze. <laughs> so oh, instead amazing. of having my like frosty Sauv Blanc, I just have a few drops of the balance tincture in the warm water. And I just like melt into the couch. I just could not mm, be happier. That sounds divine. I mean, that's yeah. so that makes so much sense because I, whenever I uh, took all that CBD with you on the beach and I felt so stoned and paranoid on the beach i just started chugging beers and then i felt better you know but if only i would have had yeah if only i would have had some balanced tincture by dr anna gold well she's i I hope that everyone listening especially people that are having sleep issues because that is really a game changer um they should all go to dr anna gold she's she's an old friend of mine who is um i said she's a witch i mean i don't think that's officially true but she's 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 certainly a good witch as far as i'm concerned yeah it's a compliment um she's a doctor of east asian medicine specializing in women's health pain management so of course as uh women in pain you and i would respond so well to her yes honey i am a woman in pain that's my song but she but she combines the eastern and the western diagnostic methods and i think Mm. that's maybe why these are working for me in a way that other things just have not, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also now it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, I kept waiting in the beginning because I've had a lot of things like, I know you love to take Benadryl to sleep. But I'm trying to wean myself off. So this has helped for sure. But I mean, for me, Benadryl works for like three days and then not anymore. You right. know, it, it stopped working as well for me as for me too. But I'm two weeks in on this and I am a sleep machine. My mom said that I um, haven't slept this well since I was 18 months old. So. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that it's called Build Sleep because I actually forgot it a couple of nights and I still slept the same. I think it like, I mean, according to what uh, the website claims, it I feel like it actually is like training my body. Like yes, the, way, yes. the way you would train like an infant, like no, sweetie, now is the time for sleeping. Don't wake up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, she says to take a little bit after dinner and then take some again before you go to bed. So it's like, it's like the COVID vaccine, you know, it's like teaching (laughs) your molecules to like, you know, respond before the next one. Yeah. Like build back better. Um, well, um, I'm glad that we are both so well rested because I know that today's pod is going to be a doozy. Oh my God. I have, I've made for myself like a little like craft services station. (laughs) (laughs) I just have like a line of beverages. I have some Coca-Cola. I have some water. I have some uh, polar seltzer water. I have some kombucha, my my new favorite watermelon kombucha. Um, and then I have a whole fridge full of other shit that I might have to raid. But um, yeah, I am locked, loaded, stocked up and ready. Well, for anyone that does not know what we're talking about, this today's episode is more than a month, I guess it's really two months in the making, that we have been doing hashtag Roses and Daffodils, where we are creating a Spotify playlist called Roses and Daffodils, which will be all the Mama Rose songs from Gypsy, sung by different actresses who have played the role on the major recordings of the score from the different Broadway productions, as well as the... um, not too long ago, London production with Imelda Staunton and um, the Bette Midler TV version. Yes. And we've, we've been doing this poll every week where uh, between Twitter and um, Instagram, we have gotten people's opinions. So I have all those results pulled up for the top three and four from each for each song. And then Daniel and I have really like a bride and groom before the wedding. We have not discussed... <laughs> We have not discussed how we feel about each of these, and so um, it we, really we, has been hard. We've 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 edged. We've really saved. I feel it. like yeah, I've been edging. It's like yeah, tonight's our wedding night, and I'm ready to get nasty. Oh yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, well, I just want to say first of all um, to all the people out there um, that uh, were voting that I realize you have a choice when choosing your mama roses. And I thank you for choosing Patty LuPone so often. <laughs> we know we thank you for your loyalty. Um, yeah. You could, you could, you could choose any mama rose and we're, we're actually going to have a, um, a mama rose diamond status voter pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, you get to vote just, early. It means so much to me. I mean, Patty is not my choice for every single one of these songs, mm-hmm. but so many people were voting for her and that is my love language. And yeah. I just, it really meant a lot to me, but I also found that I really am in like a deep place in the psychology of who voted for who. Yes. Yes. Especially like on Instagram, you can see exactly who voted for yeah. which lady. And it's been so fascinating to me because it's not always, you know, someone chooses Angela or Patty across the board or whoever. It's they, no, they really do fact, the work. I think the people who vote for the same person on every single song have kind of missed the point of right. the whole thing. Right. Like right. the whole fun is not to do that. You know, right. the the only 
thing that I'll say when I've been trying to find the empathy for them is like, <laughs> imagine if you will, like, uh, old man Ben Rimmelauer in like the year 2058. Mm-hmm. And there have been several more Broadway revivals of Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. And they've all been cast with people in the Sutton Foster mold. Mm-hmm. And then I will be there going, God damn it, it's Patty LuPone. It should only be Patty LuPone. Why do not want to hear about any of these other people? You know? And I feel like that's how some of these old queens are about Angela. And I have to respect yeah. that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, well, and, and we need those old queens because, I mean, not as much Angela, but, you know, the OG Rose, uh, Ethel Merman, was really just underperforming in a lot of these. But we had a lot of uh, vocal uh, proponents of Ethel who were coming forward and fetching about it on they Twitter. They were fetching. Which I appreciated, you know. Yes. We, need, we need to know. The, the, the new generation needs to know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I just, I really feel for those Angela fans from the seventies because it's like, I imagine how they feel. I mean, they had Ethel Merman there, you know, and she was considered untouchable in the part. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, this like completely surprising thing, this transformative uh, landmark casting of Angela Lansbury and, um, you know, who was really an actress, you know, mm-hmm. and and could just bring so much nuance and 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 choices to the role in this way that, um, I mean, I think it's unfair. You know, people talk about Ethel Merman as if she weren't an actress. And I think the point with Ethel Merman is just that she didn't really do subtext, you know. Right, right. But, but on the actual text itself, I think, you know, she acted very dazzlingly. And I constantly found myself in this process more yes, into yes. her than I would have expected myself to be. But still, I, I get how Angela like rocked their worlds in yeah. the, in that moment. And, you know, and then they had Tyne Daly come along who I guess kind of like, as far as like physical and personality type, she's more like Merman, but mm-hmm. like the kind of performer that she is, is more like Angela. An actress. Yeah. You know? And, um, uh, and I, I just understand, you know, all the permutations that, um, that that's gone through and how you can understand why people would be so polarized on, you know, in these different, um, moments. And, you know, and right. I, I think I already told you this, that something that surprised me too, is I realized I was so vulnerable and so bitter that Bernadette was cast yeah. instead of Patty in mm-hmm. 2003, mm-hmm. um, that I really saw the whole Bernadette production through this lens of her being successful in this role that I didn't want her to be playing in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have been happy for Bernadette to do it later or to replace Patty or something, but I felt <laughs> that Patty owned this role first, you know, and yeah. I didn't think Patty would ever get to do it now that Bernadette had done it. And, um, I find now, though, that so many people, especially the ones that love Bernadette in the role, see her as having been sort of the underdog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's just never how I um, thought of it. So it was interesting to to sort of think about that in context. Um, but that said, I did judge a lot of people for their votes. For sure. Me too. But also differently depending on who they are. Like one person's Bernadette vote shows that person to have really exquisite taste in acting and singing. Somebody mm-hmm. else votes Bernadette because they're a basic bitch. Yes, exactly. Well, and I have to say, I mean, you and I are going to go through our top choices and our yeah. rankings for each song. Yeah. And there's a few that 
I just have to speak my truth, but like, it's not going to win me any fans because some of these choices are, I know they're not the right choice, but I'm just have to be true to my heart, you know? Yeah. And and y'all can judge me all you want, but. Well, listen, I, I've made my personal list and, um, you know, we're not going to make our playlist be exactly the same as what all the vote totals were, right? but right. we have to find some way to reconcile the vote totals and what I want yes. and what you want. Yes. We will and keep so everything in mind as we, as it, we it's decide. Just, you know, I, I, I think that, um, that's why it's so important that we've done this ranked choice style. Yes. Yes. Just like voting should be in the real world. Yes. Like the New York mayoral election. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so or is it just the primary? Anyway, right. um, I guess we should just, with no further ado, dive right into some people, ladies um, and gentlemen. Some people. Bum 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 bum. Why don't we go through and just discuss each of the performances? Um, okay. And uh, starting with Ethel Merman, um, I think you and I had the same experience of this, which is just, of course, she's wonderful, but it is so fucking slow. Yeah, Liza really spoils us with her tempo, you know? And so when you start listening to Ethel and Angela, it's like, oh, God, this feels like a slog. Yes. I'm glad you said Ethel and Angela because I agree. I think we've talked about this, that really, whether they realized it or not, you just know that Tyne and Bette and Bernadette and Patty all were dealing with if not subconscious memories of Liza, if not conscious memories of Liza, subconscious ones. Yes. And if not even that, certainly their piano players were and their drummers were and their musical directors <laughs> were. And so I think that um, she changed the game for the better, you know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, you just want it to be fast. Um, and and the, th- the thought I had about Angela was, you know, I, I, I have this idea in general of Angela being such an important rose, mostly because of those old queens, you know, some of whom are, are close friends of mine or family even, you know, mm-hmm. who've just celebrated the memories that they cherish. I mean, they talk about Angela and Gypsy. My uncle Mitchell talks about Angela and Gypsy the way he talks about the original production of Follies, you know? Mm. And I've really taken that to heart. And yet I listen to the album and very few tracks give me that experience. However, when I watch those video clips, yes. I'm totally transfixed. Yes. I think uh, our friend and listener, uh, Zach Couch, posted a, a clip of her roses turn. Zachary Jordan. Zachary Jordan. And I, yeah, I, I watched it so many times because she really is acting her ass off and it's really devastating. But like you're saying, on the recording, it doesn't quite come through and it's... Um, but I still love it, and of course you know, we'll get into that. But we'll get into that. But also, yeah. I think it's partly that you want to watch her because she's fucking Angela Lansbury. Yeah, and yeah. it's just not the same to listen. Also, I think it's interesting that it's the London cast recording, and oh, so right. it's you know I don't know nine months or eighteen months. Yeah. I mean, it's a chunk of time before she did it on Broadway, and. Uh, certainly there are differences in the performance that I've tracked. And I think that like, she clearly grew in the role in a way and grew vocally in the role, you know? Oh, totally. But also even on this recording though, she's very strong vocally. I mean, some of these notes she hits uh, full voice, I am just blown away by. Totally, totally. Uh, There's some other songs where I definitely want to get into that. Um, So anyway, um, that's Merman and Lansbury. Next was Tyne. And, you know, it's a great number for Tyne. I think that um, 
she maybe there's a, uh, I mean, I, I know there's video of her whole production, you know, bootlegs mm-hmm. of decent quality that are on YouTube. But I think she also did this song like at the Kennedy Center or like some Julie Stein tribute or something at some point. So I, I feel like she's kind of iconic in the song. And like, it, you know, it, it's. Well, and, she, you know, it, it just works. And, and I've, I've seen, uh, I've watched clips of her on YouTube performing this song and it's so good. I mean, just. She, she really does a good job in it on stage, but, you know, famously she was sick or something when they recorded uh, this album. And one of our listeners, I can't remember who, but they s- tweeted that they were at the, was it like the, the flea, market. flea market? Yeah, yeah. And they tried to get her to sign the album and she wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I've, I always kind of take that into account when listening to her because it's not, uh, she's not fully on her game vocally. It's funny. I do. And I don't, um, it's, it's not as relevant necessarily in this song, but Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, you know, it, I, I've heard Tyne fully on her game Mm -hmm. and she was never going to beat Bernadette, uh, or even Angela, you know, uh, or any of these other women except really Imelda. She was never mm-hmm. going to beat them as a singer. And so I kind of feel like what makes Tyne great in this role and on her album, for my money, it doesn't really suffer, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I love her in some people. Um, now, Bette Midler, I feel very schizophrenic about in the song. Um, I, I really love her in the um, fast parts um, you know, in the the main part of the song, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but she does some like really sing songy, like yeah, it's very sing songy in the bridge, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she even changes the tune at one point. And I, there's lots of times when Bet does that, even when Bet does that in other places in Gypsy, that I love it. But in some people, I'm like, no, ma'am. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, again, and some of it's Liza's to blame, but you know, at the goodbye to blue, yeah. you really want that to just hit just right. And Betsy is yeah, so do. lackluster and such a, so anticlimactic. She's like, goodbye. You know, it's, it's just not there. It doesn't really do it for me. Um, which brings us, which to- brings us to Miss Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So Bernadette is so great because I mean, some of it's just built into her voice, but when you hear Bernadette sing this song, it's, it's the, I want song of gypsy, you know, Oh, and you hear that want in her voice and that desire and that ache and that hunger. And I mean, like I said, some of that's just her like weird ass voice, but, um, she communicates that I think really, really well, and maybe a little more so than some of these other women. Totally. I mean, and um, wait, I feel like I had a lot of, um, you know, I, I, in a way, I've, I've, I've always um, uh, been a huge fan. I mean, I might as well not hide it that you know Bernadette is my favorite on some people, mm-hmm. but even so, I've always kind of like avoided her cast album performance of some people Mm -hmm. because I love her performance uh, on her Carnegie Hall album so much. And, um, uh, and certainly like she's less vocally in the pink on the cast album than she Mm -hmm. is in, in the concert. Mm -hmm. But this process has really given me a deep appreciation of the cast album performance. 
Um, I mean, her acting here is just so ferocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I loved Betty Buckley. I was going to say, I famously loved Betty Buckley in the Paper Mill Playhouse production, <laughs> um, uh, who sadly doesn't have a cast album because it's certainly one of my favorite Rose's turns by far. Oh, but yeah. for my money, Betty was less successful in, in the stuff that was more comedic or, or light or, or, mm-hmm. or even, um, and, and a song like this, that's so sort of like kind of vaudevillian in style, I felt that Betty was, was really wrong. And it kind of, I kind of felt like Betty was a little bit at like the like Rose's turn Sturm and Drang from the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, you could almost say that in a way about Bernadette, some people, except it just works really great. But she is like... You know, when Bernadette does some people at Carnegie Hall, she's definitely playing the lyrics in a very, like, Sondheim would be proud. She's fucking selling it and, like, she's yeah. got an objective. It's an I want song. It's thrilling. Yeah, cross the stage. Cross the stage. And and really working it, you know. But here, she is, like, it's, like, life or death for her. And yes. it, it's really yes. exciting. And, yeah. um, it, and it really just comes through in her voice. I mean, every single line is on purpose. On purpose. Um, and, and even the places where, like, you know, one place that I especially, like, I remember when I first heard the cast album years ago, where I was like, oh, she doesn't sound as good as Carnegie Hall, was on the Goodbye to Blueberry Pie. Because mm. on Carnegie Hall, she hits that Goodbye to Blueberry Pie, and it's like as showbiz as Liza's belt note, except it's yeah. like the vocal tone that Liza, like, had in, like, 1977 and never again. Yeah. You know? right, and, right. like, Bernadette is just like, you know, might as well be like singing a Vita the way she like, just like bright and like bushy tailed belts out that note. And she does this weird thing on the cast album where she lands on the bye of goodbye in this weird nasal placement. Like she's cheating the note. Mm-hmm. And like for half a second, you're like, oh, what's going on here? And then she like slides into the real placement of the note. And somehow the extra work she has to do makes it better. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And the only I really I'm just such a fan of it. The only thing I'll say is that I laugh at her because um, she says in her fabulous intro dialogue before she starts singing, um, if I die, it won't be from sitting. It'll be from fighting to get. And and she says that sitting and that fighting. And then I'm like, uh oh, she <laughs> made her bed and she's stuck. And she gets, uh, um, some people can get a thrill. Knitting sweaters <laughs> and sitting still. And every single time there's one of those INGs in the song, I'm like, poor thing. She, she can't double back. She's stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but it just shows how committed she is. She's I very mean, committed. That's who Rose is. We all know that the Rose you want is a Rose who says sitting. Right, right. Which brings me to... Which brings um, us to uh, Patricia. I mean, you know, there's no question that I am in love with Patti LuPone. Right. Um, but uh, I really have a hard time right from the gate of her some people. Um, because she's so freaking casual. I mean, where Bernadette is like a life or death stakes yeah. of I want song. Yeah. Patti yeah. is like, 
so obvious that she's going to get the money. Maybe she'll steal the plaque. Maybe she'll steal the money. Maybe she'll kill her father. Maybe she'll eat him. But like, there's no threat whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, she's too cool for school. She doesn't really care. Like she could take the 88 bucks. It won't be from sitting. It'll be from sitting. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's just like she's like smoking a joint. She's talking. smoking a cigarette. She's yeah. like she's like laying out by the pool, <laughs> having like a mind night. And she says that opening line like with her sunglasses down her nose. Yeah, she's yeah. It's just so like yeah. I can take it or leave it. You know. And you know this song was. It, it was problematic for her on Broadway, I felt. Uh, I mean, mm. everywhere on Broadway and, um, you know, City Center and Ravinia and everything. I felt like she never quite learned it exactly right. And, like, she always, I thought she was doing some weird vocal technique thing on all those intervals of the, but I at least got to try. And, like, and it was, you know, you really want somebody to be like, but I, and like, she always seemed to have like a new, not a new breath, but what do you call it? Like she aspirated the word, I. you know, she'd be like, but I, and like, oh, yeah. and like then the, and the pitch was odd. Yeah, exactly. And then here on the album, the pitch is great and the vocal placement is faultless. I mean, she sounds yeah. in a thrilling sounds great. vocal placement on those notes, but like nobody... You can't go, but she doesn't even go, but I, it's more like she goes straight to the heart of the vowel. And it's like, she's like, but, uh. <laughs> yeah, but, uh. yeah, it's like, she's like covering it. Yeah, It's so odd. And like, um, it's like, and then I never quite felt like she was exactly right on like the rhythm of the, like all the socials. I had to go to all the lodges. I had to play. And like, I don't know. It just kind of like, you know, by the time she gets to the like goodbye to blueberry pie, you kind of feel like she's like warmed herself into it and she's like having a great time. And like, it's like, it's so sort of like fabulous. You kind of want to forgive it, but yeah. um, you know, she has a great high belt note at the end, but it, at, at the end of the day, it's, it, it, it kind of just can't make it really happen, happen for me. I agree. I mean, I love listening to it. It's so it's so fun to listen to, especially because it's you know, and in, in relation to all the rest of these, it's like an up tempo. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But after listening to Bernadette's, it's kind of like uh, you know, it, it like like you said, it's it's like this is being performed at like some talent show, and she's just like the most talented contestant, <laughs> and not worried about it. <laughs> not worried about it she's like i'm gonna win it you know it's like it's like, even trying to win the talent show let alone the character's objective <laughs> yeah it's like it's like uh she's at the rusty anchor just surrounded so by true. men who adore her <laughs> b flat is good for me yeah um, all that i need is 88 bucks <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's the other thing. She's like, I mean, nobody is ever going to give you, well, I'll get it someplace else and get my kids out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Liza yeah. Just made that moment so intense that, <laughs> not, you know, not even Bernadette, like on the night she like, like the New York Times was there. Not even Bernadette could play a higher stake than Liza. On, I'll get it someplace else and get my kids out. Never, never. I mean, Liza. She could play a lower stake than Patty. She's like. She's like, well, then I'll get it someplace else and get my kids out. <laughs> yeah. Slowly walks to the coat. Um, 
And it's also the rhythm, the rhythm thing you were saying about all the lodges I had to go to. Also, yeah. Liza's <laughs> fucked us that there too, because Liza's rhythm is so insane. All the lodges I had to go to, all the lodges I had to play, all the shiners I said yeah, to. She, and she skips some of those words sometimes. She'll be like, she'll be like, uh, all the lodges I had to play, to play, all the lodges I had to go to, lodges I had to play, Shriners I said hello to, LA, I'm coming your way, some people. Can't. I mean, she it's like so it. insane how she just goes on some weird journey. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, and Bernadette and Tyne, and they managed to pull it back from that, you know? Yeah. And, and Bet, who's, I, I think at the end of the day, I'd prefer Patty's version to Bet's, yeah. but at least Bet is in the moment, you know? Right, right. And um, honestly, I, you know, I mean, Imelda is definitely, uh, I, I would say she's the weakest singer in the group. Yeah. Um, and um, she's very weird as Rose, but I don't hate her some people. Well, and Imelda, if she's good at one thing, she's good at playing the stakes, you know, and she <laughs> yeah. is good at wanting on stage. I mean, Imelda high stakes Staunton. i could just hear in rehearsal being like be like no i was thinking perhaps i could have a crack pipe or shoot up some heroin (laughs) in some people and the director's like "Uh, no no i i i don't think that's why and she goes right save it for rose's turn my thoughts too (laughs) she's like what you don't know is that rose actually has a machine gun in her handbag about to hold it to Papa's head. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I mean, she, whatever faults she has, she is definitely playing the intention. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, so right. well. Here um, we go. I guess uh, my uh, top three on some people mm-hmm. would be Bernadette, Tyne, and then Patty. Mine are Bernadette, Patty, and Ethel. Interesting. Okay, well, the voters chose um, Bernadette, Patty, Angela. Bernadette, Patty, and Angela. Oh, okay. All so right. well, we have an easy an easy call here. Um, we would definitely, we all chose Bernadette as the first choice. What a beautiful way to start the process. Um, the question I would then say, if we're doing an additional playlist that's just like a fun gypsy mix, are there uh-huh. any versions of some people besides Bernadette's that we would throw there? Uh, I mean, not from this list. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I kind of would throw Liza's on, but so, but we think we're, we could live without the rest of the actual yeah. competition. I mean, it might right? be fun. Yeah, it might be fun to throw Liza's on for context also. But um, Seriously. I mean, uh, you, I mean, you know me. I forget the gypsy playlist. Like, just to like have dinner with somebody in context, I need them to listen to two different Liza versions of some people. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think Bern- for this one, Bernadette is clearly it. And yeah, I mean, Bernadette and Liza for me are, are the only ones I truly care about. All right. Well, so then we are moving right along. Our next song. It, the oh, next wait, song. I opened the- I open. I see now. I wish I had your note cards, Angela, because um, I have to pull up my different email draft for each song. Here we go. Yes, you, you, you're meaning Angela Kinsey from The Office. <laughs> yes, not Lansbury. <laughs> because uh, I told Ben earlier that's this is why I'm doing note cards now is because on Office Ladies podcast, which I love, they're always um, bringing out their note cards. 
I mean, by the way, because Daniel got me into this podcast, which is really wonderful. They recap every episode of The the Office, and it's hosted by Office co-stars and real-life best friends, Angela Kinsey and Jenna um, Fisher. Fisher, who played Angela Martin and Pam Beasley on The Office. Um, and now I'm totally obsessed, too. Uh, so is it safe to say that you're the Angela and I'm the, the yeah. Jenna? I um, think so, yeah. I love that. And... Um, I, now I'm kind of wishing we called our podcast Musical Theater Ladies. <laughs> Listen, we, we, it's not too late. It's not too late. Um, speaking of our podcast being the 50th episode and everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been really encouraging how many um, more and more listeners and subscribers we've gotten consistently over the 50 episodes. We just keep yes. building bigger and stronger, and it's very very gratifying but you know what would be even help us build even bigger and even stronger still would be if some of our devoted listeners would go and write a Uh, review for us on i on apple podcasts so small world small world this was the thorn in my side of this whole process this was the song that gave me the most trouble and heartache and I just went back and forth. It took me so long to really nail down my list. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was always kind of, well, it was always kind of the same top three that I had. Yeah. But just the order I had them in. I was, I kept rearranging Uh, it. Yes. Um, It was always the, I think for me, the top three is very, it was always very clear to me in my ear. And um, I just wasn't quite sure what order to put them in. Yeah, but also just in general, out of all the songs on this uh, album and our and our playlist, "Small mm-hmm. World" is like my favorite song from Gypsy. Now, like it's same so good. here, same, same, same. I have always loved it so much. Even when I was a kid, and um, my grandparents would um, babysit me and my sister, and they would play us um, the original movie with Rosalind Russell. Um, which, mm. by the way, the reason we haven't included that is because. A lot of the time, it's Lisa Kirk doing the vocals. So it right. feels like, but not all the time. It feels like a weird inconsistency to be including. But um, mm. but I grew up on that movie, and I loved it. And and I remember that song just, just grabbing me as a child. And then uh, the first experience I had of Gypsy as an adolescent when I was becoming obsessed uh, with musical theater was when Bette Midler's uh, TV movie premiered. I remember... Um, buying the CD before, like it was just a couple days before the TV debut. Mm. And um, and I remember immediately just swooning for Bette's version yeah. of the song. Yeah. Absolutely swooning. And um, so it's always been one of my favorites. And I have to say, frankly, one of the big heartbreaks for me in Gypsy with both Patty and Bernadette was this song. Because... Yeah. You know, I was so bitter that Patti Lapone was not playing Mama Rose in the 2003 Sam Mendes Broadway revival. And I really thought Bernadette was wrong for the part before I saw it. Um, and I, I loved her in the role, but I, you know, she's still not the type I would want. But, but mm-hmm. I loved her in the role. I saw her three times. But I will say, even when I thought she was wrong before I saw it, one thing I was fucking psyched for was to hear Bernadette rap her solo album croon voice around this ballad. I thought she Mm. might even do it better than Bette Midler had. You know, I I would, I, Bernadette is somebody who could actually play in Bette Midler's lane when you're talking about a certain kind of like 20th century 
classic pop standard ballad like that, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I was really so excited for Bernadette to sing Small World. And yeah, she sounded good, but she she acted it more than she sang it. You know, she made yes, all the choices yeah. about serving the character, which obviously it's a play and that's the right choice. But there, I would have liked her to try to like, you know, butter both sides of the bread a little more. Yeah. And, um, and then I had hoped when the album came out that maybe she would have, you know at least split the difference more in the recording and she really didn't. Um, and then I thought when Patty was doing gypsy, well, listen, I hope that Patty's gypsy will be like Patty's Evita and Patty Sweeney Todd. And just one of these great Patty Lapone performances that I've dreamed about all my life, you know, but mm-hmm. there's a danger that she might do some of her weird Patty bullshit, you know? <laughs> well, and you're always going to get a little of that. Oh, you're always going to get a little. Um, but I thought, you know what? There's probably even the best version of Patty that I could imagine, and certainly the worst version. She was going to see this beautiful ballad and go straight to like matters of the heart crooning and be a cabaret singer on it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was so psyched. And then that's not at all what she did. She acted nope. it. She nope. smacked, smacked it, it. She did some smacked weird belting it. when I didn't want her to belt, you know? Yep, yep. And I just, and I saw her do that role twice at Ravinia three times at city center, 10 times on Broadway and never, not once did she sing that fucking song the way I wanted her to. Yeah. And the album where she sings all the songs kind of differently than she did on Broadway. She does small world exactly like she did on Broadway. (laughs) So that was a heartbreak, you know? Um, And uh, so anyway, starting this process, of course I started with Ethel and It's just always so funny because we think of Ethel, rightfully so, as like the queen master person who like invented belting. Right, right. Yeah. You know, the first of the great belters. The first of the great belters. And of course she is that and she's so ridiculous. But what always surprises me, no matter how yeah. many times I learned the lesson, is that there's Ethel can fucking sing a ballad. Yeah, yeah, she can. And she can mix. Because in a way, her weird voice is kind of always kind of mixy. Yeah. Well, and it's and and she kind has of a, like Mary a, Testa, you know. Yeah, and she has a really seamless mm. uh, transition from her full out belt to her mix, where it's yeah. not like a few of these ladies, like Angela. Oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, certainly Patty. It's like a definite like switch over. They, they you can hear them switching gears from yeah. the the chest voice to the head voice. I mean, at least Patty's chest and head overlap in terms of range, and she just makes right, choices. Right. Angela right, right. literally has to like jump like, over oh, a note yeah. in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So, but Ethel is just especially on this song. I mean, it's so mm. it's it's never muddied up. It's always just no. really clear and concise but she really is not afraid to float a note and no. mix it uh and it's just so tender and and totally. lovely it's and also it's the beauty of, of of her like black and white rigid old-fashioned show business thinking mm-hmm. that she's like it's a ballad you gotta sing it sweet you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just and it's just so clear to her to just deliver the results yes. that the material calls for without yes. like overthinking it yes way, just you know? just go to new haven and sing the fucking song and that's what she does 100 percent um and then um you know uh 
the Angela version, I would have thought, you know, maybe wouldn't have been something I loved all that much. Um, but it's kind of like the Angela you love singing like yeah. my best boy in name. Yes, my best exactly. boy in name. It's, it's comforting. It's warm. warm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, that's, I, it made me feel like uh, if he walked into my life or yeah, my yeah. best boy, it's, it's just that, that that's, and that's why I love Angela so much as Rose, because maybe more than any of these ladies, she really explores kind of the, the warm maternal side of Rose, you know, and like the actual mother side. And she gives you a glimpse of like, oh, maybe this is like a loving, at times loving mother. And you see that through her uh, uh, performances in, in these numbers, especially. Yeah, I, I I felt that way from Patty on stage in the in mm-hmm. the show, um, but it, not so much in the songs. I mean, certainly by the time Patty gets to Together, where, you know, the mm-hmm. only time she's singing with um, uh, Louise. The girls, it's, yeah. Um, it's not about warmth for Louise, you know, but like, um, but on stage I did feel that way, but Angela, it really does come across, um, in the score. And, um, well, that's just also what she does best, you know, and, you know, we love her as Mrs. Potts and Jessica Fletcher. It's like all these characters that have become so iconic because of their warmth and yeah. the comfort that they bring us. It's funny though. Cause like Mrs. Lovett is such a triumph of hers and she really was not warm at all in that role. Yeah, true. And, and, you know, the Manchurian candidate, uh, her, <laughs> her famous movie role, Gaslight, she played the crazy maid. I mean, she wasn't, she didn't originally start out like that at all, but then I yeah. think maybe, you know, once she, uh, kind of got into her older years, even. Yeah. Maybe uh, just having kids herself. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of crazy, um, I want no part of Imelda Staunton on this song. Absolutely not. Absolutely just, not. Go to the bottom um, of the list. Bottom of the list. And the, I just want to say, um, and I'll just say it now, that she's my first choice on this song is Tyne. Um, Interesting. I mean, I you know, obviously, I mean, Tyne is arguably the worst singer or the second worst singer in the group. And I know mm-hmm. that she was... Um, not in good voice and sick and all that. Mm-hmm. But in a way, that's what makes it so... To me, Tyne Daly sings this song. She's just like a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's just singing the music. And yep. she's just... She is in service of the music. She is just yeah. doing the best she can with what the Lord gave her to deliver this melody. Yes. And like that is That is what I love about Tyne, is that she... You know, it's like a master class in using what you got. Less is more. Yeah. Um, not trying to overdo it. Uh, in other songs, in other songs, uh, we'll get there, but she does that and I really love it. This one, yeah. I was just so like already in love with these other ones. Yeah. But I mean, I also, what you're be- saying. it's written because it's such like an alto, like rich ballad. You know, I think she's, she can be comfortable, you know, going into all of that, like, lucky you know it's it's low mm-hmm. enough that she she has so much warmth you know yeah and when she goes for like the higher parts that are the more extensive vocal lines you know she's not doing a lot of of, of shit she's just like taking a deep breath and like you know she's like she's like somebody's like mom singing on christmas or something you know yeah it is very that i mean that that's a good way to put it time sounds like someone's mom singing you know and it i just it just it, as much as i wanted to my top 3 on small world were time bet and ethel and mm-hmm. i really thought i was going to prefer um i thought coming in that bet would obviously be my favorite because 
Yeah. What do I love so much about Bet? Why do you and I like obsess so much over those um, albums, like you know, where she sings those great ballads in the seventies? And you know, and of course, her career, her her music career is so built on like from a distance, and you know, wind beneath my wings. I mean, yeah, fucking like ballad. emotional ballad. So, and I love her singing this one so much, and. Uh, you know, Bet is such a great singer, but arguably some people might have better voices than her or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. But in this kind of a song, even just on vocal instrument alone, Bet has such that like rich, warm bath kind of a sound, you know? Yeah. It's well, just- and you always say she's such a stylist and, and it shows so well in, in relation to these other ladies yeah. in this whole oh, 100%. process yeah. and all those songs because she, you know, she's not afraid to fuck with it and be no, like, I'm no. going to riff on this. I'm going to yes, slide totally. up into this note. Yeah. I mean, she's not scared of, uh, you know, Sondheim or anybody else. You no, know? no, no, no. But no. Um, uh, that's Miss Midler to him. But um, I, but I, so I really thought I was going to just love Beth the most. And then I sort of, when I started going through the process, I was like, I don't know. Ethel is so hard to deny. It's so hard mm-hmm. to deny Ethel, you know. She just, she just gets it so in her bones. And it's just, there's just like, you know, because Bet is song styling, mm-hmm. what Ethel does then just seems so natural yeah, and effortless. Natural. Mm-hmm. But still, Tyne is the one that really just, I just want to listen to again and again. And I also think it's really funny that I guess to balance Tyne's sort of like musical theater noviceness, mm-hmm. she is the one who has like, literally a grown-up dainty June as Herbie. I mean, Jonathan Hadari is just like, I don't know, Rose! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he's literally, like, a belter. I mean, it's kind of fabulous and great and kind of insane. But, like, it's just, like, her charming him with the opposite of what he's got going on. I I just, I really love that track. That's hilarious. Who um, were your top? Uh, my top song? three are Ethel, Angela, and Bet. Mm. Hmm. Uh, wait, what'd you say? Yours were uh, Tyne, Tyne, Ethel, Bet, and, and Bet. Yeah, Tyne, Bet, and Ethel. So we both have Ethel and Bet. What were the What were the results from the poll? Oh God, it's so upsetting. Um, so the winner was Patty. This is the one of the Uh-oh. ones where I was like, "Are we listening to the same CD?" Um, I mean, I guess if someone didn't have, like, such a relationship with the song a certain way, they might be like, Patty sounds great, you know? Um, and she's Patty, not even Patty really... Was, honestly, in my list, Patty was second to last on this Yeah, song. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I could see where people... Like, if you, if Patty doesn't annoy you with... Like, she's actually not doing her Pattyisms. She's just kind of, like, acting it and belting it and not singing it the way I want it, you know? Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Patty was number one, followed by Angela... Okay. Um, followed by Bernadette, uh, who I really didn't like in it. And then no. Bet was fourth place. Okay, Bet was fourth. Okay, so. Woo. Okay. Tell me your top three again Ethel, Angela, and Bet. I mean. But also, okay, so here's. I think we can also. I'm interested to see who wins some of the other songs because we might have to do a bit of finessing, like you know, we don't want, like if, if, if someone, if, if Ethel is showing up on the top for all the ballads, it's like, oh, okay, well we can go back and like finesse it and maybe give this one right. to Angela. Well, Ethel these is- kids, 
these kids did not vote for Ethel at all here. Right. Um, so, so Angela and Bet. Um, I mean, I mean, I would like much rather give it to Bet than Angela. Okay. But although I'm just thinking ahead, Mr. Goldstone's going to come up and that's going to present a problem, at least for me. Well, let's, um, so let's, let's leave this right now. Let's, um, let's put a pin. I'll, I'll set this, uh, this note card I'll set on the other side of the so table. Who, who are the contenders right now? I guess just Angela and Bet. Right. Although if we really want to, you know, use our executive privilege, we could consider Ethel. Um, all right, I'm going to write her in. But I think um, I think I think we should also, yeah, it, in the context of the rest of the playlist, this could be a, a really integral piece yes, that we totally, can come back to. Totally. Um, okay, so um, I guess then moving on to Mr. Goldstone. Yes. I, okay, this is my feeling about Mr. Goldstone is that I really thought Ethel was going to be my number one favorite. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because um, the song is basically written as like an Ethel Merman impression. Yeah, yeah. And and she does all her Mermanisms on it to full effect. However, I kind of felt like Bet does a better Ethel Merman impression than Ethel Merman does. Yes, 100%. I was like, this song, you really... Bet gets to use her like kind of comedic... Ch- like, I felt like... You know, she, this was like watching one of her little bits in her concerts, you know, like totally she really gets to use her like vaudeville kind of comedic chops. Totally. You know, ah, when I grow Mr. Goldstone, it, yeah. it's just so fun. To, and it's so bet, you know, she just feels right in her element. Totally. I also really love her Herbie, um, Peter Riegert. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's really warm and they play well together in this song. Um, I will say for this song, I kind of immediately despise anyone that's not a fucking like power belter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like for me, Tyne, Bernadette, and Imelda, and just because Bernadette feels like she's really like put out by this number. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, to me in this song, like you can't look like you're struggling. You have to yep, be in yep. fucking charge, you know? Same, same. Um, I love Patty in the song because I feel like it, it, she's just like clearly like in charge. You know, it's for the yeah. it's the same reason that I hated her in some people is that I love her in this. You know, and um, well, and some of those some of those notes she sings, she just fucking blows the roof off. Uh, totally. I mean, if this were a contest for who sounds best on, I'll have June recite a poem. Oh, then the winner would be Patty Lapone. Is that the best note Patty's ever saying? That that part is so thrilling. <laughs> totally thrilling. Um, and uh, and it's funny. Angela, in a way, is a vi- is a violation of my rule on this because she's not really like a vocal powerhouse like Bet and Ethel and Patty are. But, but like, she has the comedy, com- you know, yeah, Mrs. Lovettness to it. Outsmarts them all. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and Angela also. I didn't even. I didn't even really consider her just because she's not on Spotify, but no, it's heartbreaking. You know, going into this, I had known her version just from listening to the record and I was, I had always loved it and thought she did such a good job with it. Uh, so, you know, I'm not counting her, but she would be up there for me. She'd be up there. Um, but, uh, so I really, you know, what makes me not have Patty's Goldstone very high in my heart Mm -hmm. is that, um, she, uh, it's really just her weird fucking beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she, um, 
it, it's like the way she starts the song is so odd and like it's like anti musical, and mm-hmm. then like it's like. 15 seconds later, she's like into the swing of it and it's fabulous. But I like can't forgive that beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, Bernadette, like even when I try to like forgive her, because like, I mean, you know, she's working very hard, but she is belting strong. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I cannot get over the joke she tries to play on like fried rice. Because um, like, she's like, oh, Mr. Goldstone, I'm sorry there's not more egg rolls, but we do have some blah, blah, blah. And, like, the last thing she's gonna say is, like, and we have some fried rice. And Herbie's talking over her. And he's like, he's booked the act on the Orpheum circuit. And she's like, and some fried rice. I mean, it's like some fucking, like, Looney Tunes cartoon kind of comedy. And it's just so shameless and unforgivable. Also, like, I don't know if it why it seems like Dainty June sings too much. Like other like Bernadette is almost like upstaged on this track by the rest of the, yeah. the like cast. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I mean, this really gets to the heart of why Bernadette's performance ultimately like didn't work for me. Is mm-hmm. that like I felt like she like isn't an army general that was like commandeering the troops in this moment. Right, you know? right, yes, yes. And yes. Um, so for, I, I never really got over that, even though I like loved so much of what she did throughout the material. Um, but so um, yeah, so just in summation, like for me, uh, it really comes down to Bet, then Ethel, then Patty. Mine, yeah, same, except for Bet, Patty, then Ethel. And the voters chose... Uh, wait, did I say my correct thing? Oh, no, sorry. In my actual truth, I said Bet, Ethel, Angela, Patty. But I, Angela's in parentheses. That was mine. And then uh, the voters chose Patty, Bet, Ethel. Patty, Bet, Ethel. Okay, well... So that's, um, you know... That makes it easier. Yeah. Um, Patty, Bet, Ethel. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I guess it's another one for us to revisit. Let's revisit it. But the thing is, so far we have Bet and Ethel. We could consider for the last song too. Yeah, this this one will be easier though. Whatever we decide with Small World, this one will be easier because even though there's a little bit of variance, you mm-hmm. and I are basically on the same page, and the voters yeah. are not that far off either. Right. So we could be very true to the will of the people and be happy with this one. Yes. Okay. So I'm putting this one in the revisit pile yeah. as well. All, All right. right. Moving Next on up. to um, "You'll Never Get Away from Me." Uh, yes. I will say, this is the first track where I truly enjoy all of their versions. I, I do too. Uh, this, this, I, I do too. I mean, especially more, there was less of a divide than the other ones. Yes. Um, interestingly, I found out that this song, even though Sondheim, I think one of his like preconditions for like collaborating with Julie Stein on mm-hmm. the score was that he didn't want any trunk songs. He wanted each song to be composed for this show. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess this song was added uh, at some point in the process when like Julie Stein managed to like pull a trunk song out from his, you know, piano bench and like mm-hmm. kind of got it over Sondheim's head. Um, and I kind of feel like it shows like, maybe it's like a little more generic than most of the score. Mm-hmm. Um 
I always really, I think it's a really pretty, like wonderful um, melody. Um, just like Small World, I think Ethel Merman's version is just kind of perfection. Yeah, I agree. I, she's especially important in this song because the big notes on this, just try and yeah. you're gonna see. They're these big belt notes, but you still want them to be kind of pretty. Yeah, well, and and again, we don't think of Ethel as having a particularly pretty voice, but in the um, when she the come dance with me, like she she sings those come dance with me so lightly and just so gently, but it's still so beautiful. But again, yeah. no ornamentation or indulgence; yeah. it's just singing the fucking song. Well, um, but that's how I even feel about the just try and you're going to see. Like, it's obviously yeah. beltier than, like, any of these bitches could, like, hope to be because it's fucking Ethel yeah. Merman. But at the yeah. same time, it's, like, not the way you imagine. It's, like, not strident. It's, like, actually kind of beautiful. And I feel like she's like, you'll know when I'm belting, you know? And oh, it's, like, yes. it's, it's just kind of perfect. Also, like, kind of along the lines of why I'm, like, not at all mad at Tyne for having a cold. Like, famously... um, uh, what's his name? Jack Klugman. I was going to say Ed Asner. Um, Jack Klugman uh-huh. as her Herbie was like not a singer and was like, don't make me sing. Like, you know, please mm-hmm. don't make me sing. But like, he's, I'll, I would rather hear a non-singer than a sort of singer any day of the week. And he For is sure. just so like, Rose, I love you but don't count your chicken. <laughs> and it's just so charming and perfect, you know, yeah. as opposed to like, you know, I mean, none of the Herbies are bad. I love all the Herbies. It's right. part of the reason when like, when Patty was doing it and everybody was saying like, um, oh, Boyd Gaines is the best Herbie we've ever seen. I'm like, he's really wonderful. So was John Dossett opposite Bernadette. So was um, Peter Riegert opposite Bet. You know, the only one that's actually kind of different is Jonathan Hadari, who's like the gay musical theater Herbie, who was wonderful. And it's mm-hmm. like, um, so, you know, whatever. But but I do appreciate like just what a like non-singing like Mr. Van de Gelder this Herbie is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, uh, you know, we said that thing about Ethel, uh, you know, she just makes it effortless. But with that said, my next up... Uh, choice is Miss Bernadette Peters because on that just try she does belt the hell out out of it but it is so it just sits so well in her voice it's that just try it's just so thrilling and she does that Bernadette thing and she puts some power behind it and it's also just her weird voice that all kind of add together to culminate in that note and I I really love it I feel the opposite Mm. I fucking hate Bernadette's version of this song um, like Small World, I have all these expectations of how I want her to sound. So, you know, it's a little bit crazy and unfair. But I feel like she's so belty in this. I I don't think that note sounds pretty. It's so belty and I want it to be pretty. Mm. You know, it has no sheen to it. And I feel mm. like Bernadette is like really kind of cute and funny and like interesting in the song. But I feel like she's like not musical. And it, mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I, I would love to hear Bernadette just sing this song. You well, know? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I because the reason I love Ethel in this song is because uh, she does just sing it. It's very light and mixy. But I enjoy Bernadette's belt on this. 
Um, I mean, and I kind of feel sort of similarly about Patty. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, our, 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 our favorite, uh, live stream friend Zach Couch yes. said that you know something about Patty doing the role as a cabaret singer yeah, yeah which like I think is like a little unfair in fact I was complaining about her not doing that in small world and but I could see in this number because she just does some really weird vocal choices that just feel like no. they're motivated only as a vocal choice Right. She's just like, ooh, this feels nice. And it's like, they're a little disjointed because there's sections of the song where she's really warm and actually sounds really pretty. And I like, I didn't hate her in this number on stage, but it it doesn't really do it for me. And if I want warmth, I'm much more satisfied in this song by Bet. Um, Yes, yes. I do like Bet's version. You know, I just think it's lovely. Although, honestly, even Bet, it's beltier than I want it to be. Um, mm. and, uh, I kind of prefer Angela over all of them because Angela, let's be honest, even at Angela's beltiest, 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 she's still kind of not that belty. Yeah. To me, the Angela, the problem I have with the Angela version of this song is that it seems like it's a little too low for her and it doesn't really sit in that sweet spot of her voice. So it's a little like she's doing a B Arthur impression. It's like, yeah, you'll never get yeah. away. And then like, it's kind of, whereas Ethel's is so light and fluffy, yeah. like a yummy pastry. Angela's feels very thin when it gets yeah. to the top. No, totally. Like me like way from me, you know, it's a totally. little thin. I, I I'm a little worried for her. Um, I think this song is like maybe a little too rangy for her. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, then she just sort of is barely able to accommodate it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these songs sit really well in her voice, but there are either, there are even, uh, especially Rose's turn, where I think they change the keys. Oh, all they of them the are in different keys. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, Rose's turn, it's like in the middle of the song, they like change the oh, key. Oh, oh, it, oh. It's so bizarre, but. Um, Strange. Anyway, so yeah, this one definitely, I was like, whoa, this sounds really low for her. Probably like you're saying, because it was too, it's too, the high notes are too high. Right. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the, the times is really nice. I mean, this song, I'm a little less easily sold just by virtue of the nice way she sings it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say Jonathan Hadari is the gay musical theater um, Herbie. Uh, I very much enjoy him in this song. I'm not sure that I approve of it, but I very much enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Amelda, honestly, like, is kind of tame in this. I mean, uh, it's not, it's nowhere near horrendous the way I would have imagined her being. I in mean, this honestly, song. In the, for this song, Amelda placed above Patty for me. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, um, so just uh, to rehash, uh, your choices for this song are what? My choices are Ethel, Bernadette, and Bette. And mine are Angela, Ethel, and Tyne. Mm. I, I wouldn't. I bet could be up there. I would put bet before Tyne, actually. Um, and okay, then so yours are Ethel. Yours are Ethel, Ty, uh, Ethel, Bet, and who? Angela, Ethel, Bet. Angela, Ethel, Bet, Tyne. I'm kind of a four way on that. Okay. Um, and then the voters chose Angela, Patty, Bet. Angela, Patty. That. So, okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know this is kind of the the problem we're coming up against in all the other songs, but like Bet and Ethel, 
I mean, I don't think Patty should be in the running. I mean, out of out of the listeners, I think Bet is the right choice. But I know you and I also really love Ethel on this song. All right, I'm writing Ethel in. Me too. <laughs> um, I'm I'm keeping Bet, and I'm also keeping Angela since I had her first, and the listeners had her first. Okay, cool. Um, and then, uh, wow, okay, moving right along. Coming up roses was not an expression before Gypsy. Really? Yeah. Wait, so everything's coming up roses. Uh, oh, hello. Um, that was Stephen Sondheim made that up? He I made mean, that up. Wow. And I, I think Jerome Robbins' response was, everything's coming up roses what? <laughs> it's very um, Leroy Reams, Florence Lacey. <laughs> Hashtag shit Ken Russell says. Um, now, it, uh, I mean, it's it just, first of all, it's so, I mean, the songs in Gypsy, in a way, they're kind of all standards. They're musical theater standards. Mm-hmm. But this song is like really a standard. I mean, it's it just is, permeated the world. Totally. Well, in, in our uh, next year, some year episode a few weeks ago, in our name that belt segment, I that this was the song I chose, and there is such a treasure trove out there of mm. all these people who've covered it, you know, from Rosemary Clooney to uh, uh, Billy Porter on on uh, some award show recently. It's like it's a it's a big deal, and people are still singing it. However, there However, is only one person whom I wish to hear sing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was trying, when I was walking today from my doctor's appointment, I was trying to find the words to describe uh, Ms. Lupone's version of this song. I mean, transcendent, definitive, otherworldly, doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. I mean, I... I can just say that her Tony Awards performance of the song mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually preach it. If I have to choose, it would eclipse her Evita Tony Awards performance for me. Yeah, like, for sure. I never would have thought that her singing a standard and a revival would become that iconic, but yeah, she just she acts it and sings it so perfectly and so full throttle yeah and it's you know for like i was i was trying to listen to all the other versions and 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 see you know like for example thinking about like bet midler like the thing about bet compared to these other ladies is that i think mm-hmm. bet thinks musical theater is cheesy yeah yeah so like bet is good when she does the ballads because she gets ballads and yeah. when it's about making fun of musical theater like being an egg roll, Mr. Yeah. Goldstone. And it's like that uh, Bet can do. But, you know, when you have to be like, musical theater is how I communicate the passion of my soul. Mm-hmm. And like, Bet doesn't do that. Her, her belting on everything's coming up roses, it's like Sutton Foster and anything oh, goes. Yes, yes. It's more I, of that like Ethel Merman impression, you know? Yeah. Everything's coming up roses. Yeah, you know. And and then if you're not like a really powerful belter, you know, Amelda and Tyne, this song they can't really they can't sell it to me because they can't get there. You yeah. know, they're I mean, not terrifying is- by virtue of their voice. And and Angela's different. You know, Angela 
can can act her way through it in a way that works powerfully. But but, but her vocals are also very strong on this song. They're very they're very strong. But it's but they're not rich and thrilling on their own terms the way Patty's are. Right. Right. And and then Bernadette, it's like she's just working so hard to get there that it's it defeats the the sort of prowess of the song. Yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, Patty's is such the perfect marriage of, you know, song and performer, you know, melody, whatever you want to break, however you want to break it down. But it's like hearing, you know, Barbara sing people or, you know, other other performers singing this. This is not even Patty's signature song, but now it is, you know, it is totally. um, It's it's the and that's why I think it's such this song, maybe more than any other is such a great example of why we're doing this project totally. is because exploring what each lady, what strengths they bring to each song and um, why some work, why some don't. But this is the perfect example of when it works perfectly, when when the lady brings her bag of tricks, you know, and tools to the, to the project and really delivers. Well, I, I totally agree. I mean... In a way, it almost makes me forgive her, like, casual some people, because I'm like, oh, shit, now the stakes are high for her, you yeah. know? And um, also, it's it's a testament to how right you are in terms of this being the perfect vehicle for Patty's specific uh, ingredients, mm-hmm. because... Um, First of all, you know, she's been criticized, you know, for people felt sometimes, I think some moments in Anything Goes, that Patty had a little too much, like, darkness and drama. Like, that there's something a little bit too, like, um, out for blood intrinsically about Patty. It's like when John Hausman, her acting teacher at Juilliard, said that she has the smell of the gallows about her, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can you kind of feel that even when she's doing something ostensibly lighthearted, like Reno Sweeney, yes. you know, that she still cuts you. And like, um, it's, uh, it's notable here because when she does, everything's coming up roses uh, on the Jimmy Fallon show during the run of Gypsy. Yes, that's the one we use for our intro, right? Right, because it's it, exactly because she's wearing a cocktail dress and she's fun and she's warm and it's not about convincing Louise or anything like that. And yeah. she doesn't have the set, and yet it works just as well. Just because as well. even happy go lucky Patty, there's still enough of that smell of the gallows in her that the song still has a certain uh, drama. That however effortless and thrilling the Merman version is, it will never have the intrinsic drama. Just, you know, at any given moment, you know that Patti LuPone's father didn't love her and she's going to punish the world for it the rest of her life. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. Here's what I was going to say is, going back to that Tony Awards performance, the reason for me, I was, when I first saw it, I was so blown away was because... Not only does she sound great, but she is so laser focused. Laser. And it cuts through like a knife, like whatever yeah. screen you're watching on. You yeah. know, it's like they talk about Elizabeth Taylor's violet eyes piercing through the camera. Mm. Like that's what Patty's performance does. And I think it does it on the recording too when you're just listening to it. Yeah. And like you're saying, she has this, you know, the smell of the gallows. She has this kind of heft to her. Yeah. And, um, but I think with something like uh, Everything's Coming Up Roses, this it, it's it's a big enough song where she can fully express herself vocally, yes, so she's yes. not blue balled. Some yes. of these other song, it's like I feel like she's you know she's just doing too much, and it's a little heavy handed because 
she she knows she sounds good and she can sing all these notes and make yes. all these choices but it's like it kind of takes away from uh the the purity of the, of the totally. song whereas this one kind of it adds like to it a big bombastic you know act one closer that it actually adds to it and because it, it's artful as a, you know it ethel merman could sing this song 12 times in a row mm-hmm. and you'd never even know she was trying right whereas patty there's actually work her voice is not effortless the way merman's is mm-hmm. and so the production that she puts actually becomes like well done art as opposed to just the way she sounds you know yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's, um, and that there's textures and colors. I mean, the way her voice rises and crescendos into this vocal line becomes so exciting. You fasten your seatbelts. I mean, it's about as close to sort of like a real kind of like Judy Garland level, like well crafted vocal performance than Patty really ever has given. Yeah. And, um, and and it's almost like the the having to work hard in a way gets her mm-hmm. out of her own way. It's like she actually does the acting really perfectly in this because she's got to focus on the fucking hardcore belting, you know? Right, right. Uh, well, and the and you know the acting whenever she's it's it's like the um, I mean they teach you a lot about this in in uh, voice lessons, but when you are that in the zone with the vocals and the singing, like the acting just comes naturally you know it's like that that comes of itself like totally you don't don't need to do anything i mean patty herself talks about that because she's such a student of david mamet's Mm -hmm. and his Mm -hmm. whole like you know kind of controversial thing i don't know 20 years ago when he wrote that book true and false or true false true and false true or false anyway Mm -hmm. it was all about like he was saying that there is no character and like the actor just needs to like sort of speak the words, you know, and, and people mm-hmm. quote the Shakespeare thing, speak the speech, I pray thee and all that. And it, you know, it definitely was like a lot of good intention in terms of like getting some of the bullshit and like voodoo out of acting, you know? Yeah. And in yeah. a sense, that's what makes Merman great, but it's, right. uh, it, it, it really all comes together. So right. In Patty's version of this. Um, it sure does. It and sure uh, does. with as that far- said, my favorite's Bernadette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, uh, so the uh, my, I think I, I only had Patty for this. Did you have anybody else even on your list? I mean, Patty was my f- favorite by far, but then second was Angela, third was Ethel. God, I, I could subscribe to that. And then the voters chose in different order, but those three: Patty, Ethel, Angela. Ethel, Angela. All right, so we have a pretty resounding vote for Patty on this. Yeah. But so we, Patty, we have room to grow if we need to. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put this in the in the uh, finished some, pile. some people pile. Yeah, yeah. With, with Bernadette, some yeah. people because I feel pretty confident. True. I mean, in fact, those those two assignments are. While I brought an open heart to this process, Bernadette, some people, and Patty's everything's coming up roses. I came into this wanting to assign. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so next up, uh, Together Wherever We Go. Together Wherever We Go. Um, which, um, depending on which recording you're listening to, is sometimes just called Together, sometimes <laughs> just called Together, comma, Wherever We Go, sometimes it's called Together, dash, Wherever We Go. I mean, uh, it can't get its shit together. I have to say, I actually feel almost as strongly in this one that really mm-hmm. all I want to listen to is Ethel. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think she's the only one of these dumb hotels who realizes there's a freaking melody here. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, uh, 
Hers is very is a lot slower too, which um, I know, like it here. For some people, I don't like that, but for this one, I like it. Yes, I want. I she's like wherever we go. That's what I want. I I, I don't want Bernadette and Patty doing their weird acting and belting and shit. Yeah. I I want to hear the tune. Yeah, uh, I mean, Patty's this really kills me. I feel like it's actually a musical. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and and she does these like. Um, that you know, she starts off really out of tempo. Um, yeah, which so- I could get behind that if she did it in a way that was like motivated by acting. But she uses it, uses it as uses it as an excuse to do like a weird vocal exercise. Well, I don't like Patty's either, but the one that I hate the most is Bet's. Yes, Bet does that fake fucking oh. Sutton Foster. Anything goes. It's like voice. a fucking. What's well, like a like a Texas accent? She's like wherever we go, whatever. I'm like what? <laughs> I do like Joy when she goes amigos. Yeah, I do like that so bet. But um, it's it's like Dolly. She does like her weird Irish brogue for like one phrase. It's like what the hell? I mean, in Dolly, I feel like you're allowed to do whatever you want, but not in Gypsy. Not in Gypsy, and oh god, and it's so it's just right right out the gate wherever we totally. go. But here's my controversial thought: is like I kind of felt that way in this number about Bernadette too. Uh, you like know, not, not so much vocally, but I feel like she's like pretending to be Rose, and she isn't here. There's really I, I can't even recall Bernadette's right now. There's really only two that I liked, which I'll just tell you was Angela and Ethel. Yes, Angela, Angela is great here. Angela, Angela is my favorite just because it has a lot of like, uh, mame. We need a little Christmas very energy, that. like yeah. what what Marilyn May calls marching around the breakfast table music. I like very that, and I just love that when Angela leans into that kind of energy. But I also love Ethel's because, like you're saying, she actually sings it. And but Angela is the only person from whom I can buy the lyric. She's like, if I start to dance, <laughs> because my personal hell is hearing Patty go, if I start to dance. <laughs> yeah. Just why? Yeah. And F- and Angela's like weird character Mrs. Lovett voice on, on a song like this. I enjoy. It's charming. By the way, if Bernadette gives you, if I die, it won't be from sitting. It'll be from fighting to get up and get out. Some people can get a thrill, knitting sweaters and sitting still. Patty is the freaking opposite. Patty is, <laughs> like, Patty is like, if I die, it won't be from, sit, from sitting. From It'll sitting. be from fighting. And then here, she's just like, she, Patty's Rose, I get that she's like someone who like aspires to be a fancy lady. Mm-hmm. But like, I, you know, if I saw to die, Rosas. I just yeah. like sometimes I I really turn into a hater for a yeah. moment at a time. Yeah, who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, who do you think you are, Lapone? Oh my god. Okay, well, so for this one, Angela and Ethel, top two above all I, else. I also, I also enjoy Tyne in this song. Um, I mean, poor thing. She's using everything she's got to get this melody out, and like it ain't a lot. <laughs> I did and, not enjoy Tyne in this one, but she. But I did place Tyne of a bet. I will say. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So yours. Uh, sorry. Say your top for this. Angela and Ethel. Mine were Ethel, then Angela, and then the. Oh, sorry. No, those are the voters. The voters were Ethel, Angela, Patty, and mine was just Ethel. Okay. Um, voters were a- Ethel, Angela, Patty, and yours was just, just Ethel. Ethel. 
So I'm going to system. I'm I'm going to bold Ethel and Angela for now and we can just come back. Okay. So those, Oh, I, this, this is making our job easier because they're so, uh, we're left with a lot of the same people. So it'll be easier to hopefully divvy them up. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, brother. Oh, fuck. I didn't even realize. Oh my goodness. It's come so soon. I wasn't ready. And now the end is near. Okay. I'm taking a shot of kombucha. Right, we need to go chronologically through the ladies and just talk about what they did. All right. This is the one I, I really listened to and did my homework today with. Um, I mean, I'd I done it all week, but I revisited. Same, same, same. Um, okay. Well, chronologically, we'll start with Ethel. Ethel Merman. I mean, one thing I will say in general to begin with about Ethel's Rose's turn is that, like, you just really feel that it was written for Ethel. Mm-hmm. And what yep. Ethel's playing on every single line of this song is crystal clear. Clear, concise, and pleasing to listen to. And it makes 100% sense. You know, yeah. everybody else, even the best Roses, uh, there's a little bit when they're done singing Rose's Turn, it's a little bit like Send in the Clowns where you're like, well, what did you think it meant? Mm-hmm. Whereas like Ethel Merman's like, you know what she meant. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, uh, so there's just like something to be said for like the song just like making complete sense. And like another thing that I really appreciated about Ethel is like, you know, the opposite of where I said I felt like Betty Buckley played Rose's turn like from the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. I feel like Ethel doesn't even start playing Rose's turn until halfway through Rose's turn. Like, at the right. beginning of the song, she's, like, doing a fucking vaudeville. I mean, in that strip routine, like, um, some people got it and make it pay. She is having a good time. Not a, like, crazy mad woman, good time, like, on drugs, like, acid trip. Like, a good time. Bring mm-hmm. the kids. Like, she is just having a party. And um, it's kind of infectious. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very strange in the sense that like vocally it's so effortless, but also she growls so much. Oh my god, the growling! Um, uh, uh, oh god, what part is it? It's uh, it's the whole thing. She's like, here she is, boys. Here she is, world. Here's Rose. Some, pe-. I mean, she's growling every word. There's a there's also a run. I can't think of what it is, but there's a run of of words or. Uh, where would you be yes Uh, oh yes but every yeah it's like it's a and it's the it's the same it's consistent it's the same like like growl it's the same amount of growl it would kill sons of bitches i mean it is insane but it's just like as if she like it's like an instagram filter on her voice (laughs) yeah very that it's so (laughs) perfect and and uh equally distributed throughout it's you know so yeah i i i love her version it's up there for me it might be a little too effortless um maybe that's unfair i don't mind that with ethel i don't mind that because um i i still do get especially when she kind of reaches the point of no return um you know why did i do it i do kind of hear a change in her and it becomes a little more rabid but like um, still less rabid than Bernadette in some people. I mean, 
I, I guess, you know what it is? It's not that she's too effortless. I mean, she is crazy amount of effortlessness, but like, it's that I, I never feel like she's lost it at all. Like, I feel like she gets angry, but like, I, I mean, the only way that Ethel Merman sounds a little crazy in Rose's turn is the way that like Ethel Merman always sounds a little crazy, but like, right. She, I, I just like, I'm not saying she needs to be like taken away, like to the loony bin, like streetcar named desire at the end. But like, mm-hmm. I would like to see just like one moment where she like is a, a, a little bit like, whoa, which way is this going to go? And I feel like it never feels like that. Yeah, I, I feel that. I get that. Um, all right. Well, moving on chronologically, someone who 100,000% absolutely goes there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Angela plays all 12 ways till crazy and then ones you didn't think of and then back again and then there again and then back again. She sure does. Um, my only problem with Angela's is, like I said earlier, those weird key changes. It kind of ruins it for me. Um, Do you feel that way on the video too? No. I mean, on the video, it's it's just so thrilling and I love it so much. But yeah. when I'm just listening to it, you know, because we all know this song and, you know, we hum along or whatever. And then these parts come and it suddenly keys itself down. And it's just kind of like, oh, oh kind of trips me up. Um but with that said, I didn't notice, but, but I wonder if that's why or one of the reasons why it's like not up there for me. Yeah, I mean, but to be honest, I love except really Amelda, even though watching Amelda do it on screen, I I um uh I I really did love her performance. I yeah. kind of love everyone in this song. I mean, oh, all yeah. of these ladies I think bring totally. something really special to this it. This is how they get the part, you know. Um Yeah. I mean, so, the I mean, one thing about Angela, even on the album, I mean, first of all, her intro dialogue is fucking stunning. And yes, like, yes, her transition from it being like, like even more than Merman in a way, she really plays the fun at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to this like introspective thing that mm-hmm. is like, yeah. So compelling. I mean, it's yes. chilling. You just do not see it coming. And also, like, Angela is not introspective on the rest of... Like, they all have some introspection mixed in in the earlier songs and whatever. Like, Angela plays the whole thing, like, just, like, the opening number of Mame. Right. And then she gets to this moment, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, mom, don't do that. It's scary when you do that. I'm so glad you said... I'm so glad you said introspection, because that kind of provided a piece of the puzzle for me you know when people do this not just these ladies but when people do it in a cabaret or for even karaoke sometimes uh they lean too much into like the crazy physical mental angry breakdown that it kind of gets to all over the place yes Angela's I think the way you said it is so right like she gets so introspective it's like you can tell this character is still having this struggle and this breakdown but it's it's still in keeping with uh, Angela and how she chooses to play it. And it's not crazy and all over the place and messy and, but it still feels not messy. It's funny. Angela at her craziest kind of goes crazier than any of them, but Mm -hmm. it's never messy. When Angela's crazy, she doesn't know she's crazy. 
as opposed to some of the other ones that have a little bit of like a girl interrupted quality of like everything's fucked i don't know i don't know and like angela is a little bit like i'm not crazy we just live on mars (laughs) right i mean it's very uh you know uh her character salome otterborn in death on the nile (laughs) it's very mrs lovett you know it's She's, she's it's very dear world. It's very when dear I world. First look into the glass. Yeah, it's like she's it's it's like she's she's kind of fucked up in the head, but it's kind of like you know a homeless person or a crazy person who yes. approaches you on the street and is just like Jesus is coming. You yeah, know, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. You know, the devil's gonna get you. You know, it's just so it's so calm, but it's still crazy. Well, yeah, they're like you're gonna fry in hell. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh fuck. So it's like it, it it serves its purpose, but it's not, uh, yeah, in your face and overblown. Well, uh, next up is one that I wish I liked more than I do. Um, I love the beginning with Tyne. I love mm. how she undersells the stripper stuff. Mm. Like, I feel like everybody else is like, you ain't I got And Tyne's like, you either got it or you ain't. Boys. <laughs> I got it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so nervous for this one. I, you and I are so opposite. I feel like on this song. So I like really enjoy that part where she does that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of just like uh, the transition is very good. Like, definitely, like the like the like important acting beats when it goes dark. I'm with her. and but I don't, it's like I, I feel like at the end of it, I, the truth is, I really like Tyne's version. And I'm sure that if I'd seen her live on stage, I would have really, really, really loved it. But like, I feel like and maybe it's why she hates the album, because maybe she was different. But like, it's so conversational where like I just need more voice from her and she doesn't have it. And so it it, it kind of doesn't add up for me at the end of the day, even though like I respect it. See, for me, I, I loved Tyne's, I love Tyne on this one more than any of the other songs because, you know, I mean, she, she does the great, she does great acting and I'm kind of like so drawn into that, but also this, this song, she kind of makes these choices where she speaks, sings a lot of it. And, but I, I, I kind of like that. And then at the end, I think I I just get chills and it, it pinned me against the wall when I first heard her final, uh, for me, that's where I was For really. Me. Lo- <laughs> I couldn't take it. I lived. I loved that. I thought. I thought it was it, ooh, shivers. Um, like I would have rather had her try to belt it and crack. Like, but I, I think like, she does belt it okay at the end when she the uh, very end. But it kind of was almost like a Bernadette thing. It's you know she kind of goes mm, full. Me. I mean. I, I'm the first to criticize Bernadette, especially in this role, but like, it, it's different. I mean, I feel like Tyne is making like conservative choices with her voice mm. and that's it just like sounds too, so like controlled and careful. Mm, mm. Like I felt like she was like not giving it her all cause she thought they might need to do another take, you know? Right. Right. Um, okay. Well, okay. Who's next? Well, Winifred Sanderson. All right, here's here's where we get into it. I fucking love Bette Midler's Rose's Turn. Interesting. I love it so much. Um, it's uh, it's very Vegasy, <laughs> um, but I just love the riffs she chooses to do, kind of at the end. 
Um, she sounds great. No doubt. Yeah, she sounds, but she also play. she also gets to the crazy in a way that she plays crazy in some of her movie roles, you know, in the way that, you know, in first wife's club where she, the kitchen fight, she's like two pinheads, yes, you know, exactly. Like she gets really like angry and, and narcissistic and in a cartoonish um, way. In a cartoonish way, but I I really live for it. And I again I said I I'm not proud of this, but I I, I, I get why you really would love it. Honestly, I do. I don't version. hate it. I just don't like it the way I like the other ones. I mean, mm-hmm. she she's this. You know, everyone talked about Bernadette, and then some of the fans talked about Patty. But Bet is truly the sexy one. I mean, her mm-hmm. mama's like she is. Bet like you know such a part of her stage persona is this whole like Mae West thing. And like, mm-hmm. she, duh, she, Gypsy Rose Lee and the whole thing. I mean, that's what Rose would be doing too. And, and she 100% brings that in. And the actual true introspection moments are very well acted. Like mm-hmm. she goes deep into her soul in a really beautiful way. Um, but it just starts off so cartoony and it's a little bit of that, like joking, like, like I just keep picturing her with like the buck teeth from like Hocus Pocus. Like, yeah, it is. very No, it is very that. And it is very, you know, the way she does. Hello, my name is Rose. It's very like, hello, Salem. My name's Winifred. <laughs> well, What's yours? But that's why I love it. And I know it's because it taps into my childhood nostalgia yeah, and my yeah. love of bet in those movies. I know it's not the right choice, but it's my truth. If I had to choose one Desert Island Rose's Fascinating. Term, it would, now, it I want everyone to know that I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah. All, yeah. Now, like we said, on the Twitter poll, one never knew who anyone was voting for. We just got the statistics. But mm-hmm. on the Instagram poll, we had to see and actually tally each vote that we got, right? Mm-hmm. And... um even though Daniel and I were not talking to each other about who we were voting for, because we wanted to save it for the pod, we would see on each other's Instagram, and I would always vote on Daniel's Instagram because I wanted him to be higher in the algorithm and, you know, vice right, versa. Right, right, right. So we just had to, like, contribute, you know. But mm-hmm. Daniel was careful and did not vote on my Instagram on Rose's turn. So this is my <laughs> first time hearing this, and I'm fascinated. I support you. I mean... But I really didn't know at that point. I mean, I, it took me a long time to decide, you know, because I was also, like I said earlier, I was grappling with what does Rose's turn mean to me, you know, and what do I want from yeah. this song? And I eventually arrived at, well, I'm just going to treat this, you know, my interpretation of this is the, we're making a gypsy playlist. This is the playlist I want to listen to. If I was on a desert island, all my favorite Rose, Roses singing these different songs, and the one I just kept coming back to listening to, like I wanted to listen to it even without the project. Like I wanted to listen to it when I was walking today just for fun. It's Bette Midler's. I mean, I, I get it. Honestly, the way she belts the end of Rose's turn, if she had done more of that and less of like the jokey pretend Ethel Merman voice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have been more yeah. into her Rose. You know, yeah, she yeah, yeah. shows that she's got it. Yeah. Uh so anyway, moving, moving on, on to someone else who has got it mm-hmm. is t- three-time Tony Award winner. Thank you very much. Three, not two. Bernadette Peter. 
Yes, Bernadette Lazara. Slow it down, bitch. From the mm-hmm. opening of this, I made you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, everybody, drop what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, that that line that that line reading walked so Laura Benanti's um it's my life <laughs> totally, could run. Totally. I mean that line reading alone walks very slowly to Marissa Jarrett Winoker's house in Hollywood <laughs> into her dining room, <laughs> breaks the glass, takes that Tony Award takes down, that Tony, honey. carries it back to New York. Puts it in Bernadette's house on the Upper West Side, right above that dog bed. Before the dog, dog, all before she even gets to the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so well put, so true. Um, Yeah, I mean, great. I love it. I mean, I always loved her doing this in the show. I remember thinking that her mama's, like, you know, it. She did like the James Lapine mamas, you know, like it was finally like that's such a part of Rose's turn that is so Sondheimian and not Julie Steinian. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's not like there was no like moment like that in like Do Re Mi or whatever fucking like Julie Stein shows besides this, <laughs> you know, that is like Sondheim, like doing like psychological drama yeah. with like, you yes. know, the word mama. And like Bernadette is like, did somebody say Sondheim? Yeah, and like, it's like, ding, you know, and it, and she's just, and you know, there's a reason that her Tony Awards clip of this is so iconic, so great, um, so great, and it was um, great also because I know that clip so well because I love it so much. Yeah, but that clip is, of course, an edited version of the song, truncated version of the song because Rose's turn is too long for the Tony Awards, so. It was refreshing to me to revisit Bernadette's full version of the song. Yes. And yes. like I really take the journey with her. I mean, right from that dialogue where she's just like, I don't think, you know, obviously Bernadette is one of the great Broadway musical stars of the last, you know, 50 years. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you could find any non-singing actor who could do better with the dialogue at the top of Rosa's turn than Bernadette does. Yes, yes. You're very right on the money with that. Mm -hmm. She's just nailing it. And, you know, and, you know, she doesn't do like sort of vampy, sexy, as hardcore here as Bet does it here. But Bernadette Mm -hmm. is pretty sexy in the strip routine. And what she does, um, uh, and boys, I got it. You like it? Um, it's so fucking. I'm not even doing it harmony, doing it justice because she actually does something really musical there. But doesn't she all like uh, in the in the YouTube uh, the uh, Tony's clip? Doesn't she actually like show her tits? Like she pulls down her cleavage a bit. Yeah, it's sexy, but it's just the way she does with her voice. Bet does like a Mae West impression or something on the with the breathiness, you know, yeah. or, or Marilyn yeah. Monroe. But but Bernadette is very sexy, and you can feel her tits the way she sings it. But the way she <laughs> yeah. adds, like she the sings way she's, from her tits, <laughs> she, she does when she sings that line. You like it? It's so beautiful and sexy and special. And that's the thing about Bernadette's. It's true of Bernadette in any role. And it's just like really important when she does it in, in Rose's turn because Bernadette makes everything her own. Yeah. You know, and people talk about like, wear the dress, don't let the dress wear you. And if there was ever material that like 
the song sings you instead of vice versa. Like some of this shit here, it's like, frankly, you know, I I think that Sondheim wasn't allowed to really like write original tunes for Gypsy, but he didn't trust Julie Stein. This is my hypothesizing. You know, Sondheim couldn't just write a song Sweeney Todd style and stick it in Gypsy. It had to be Julie Stein's music. But yeah. I don't think Sondheim or Arthur Lawrence trusted Julie Stein to deliver what they needed dramatically for the 11 o'clock number for Rose. Mm-hmm. And so I think Sondheim just like took melodies Julie Stein had already written and created Rose's turn all by himself, chopping and dicing and rewriting. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's part of the reason that the song is such a bitch and such a monster for someone to like, sort of like track coherently, you know, Mm -hmm. and nobody is better at that than Bernadette because it's anything Bernadette does sounds like it came from inside her fucking freak show head, you know? Totally. Well, and also like you were saying earlier about the, you know, sexiness, she sings from her tits. Bernadette's also always had this kind of, pinup quality you know yeah. for a while she was she was very sexy um she's on playboy magazine uh so it's just interesting just the in the within the context of this show about her daughter becoming a stripper then bernadette someone who's always been seen as um objectively sexy i don't know just just seeing her seeing this type of number and and trying to seduce is it's all kind of meta no totally i mean you if bernadette if if bernadette as rose thinks if she ever let it out she would have been bigger than any of them as the audience we're like yeah absolutely you would have been right you know right yeah and as opposed to like an imelda when you see her trying to seduce the audience delusional (laughs) (laughs) but like um but 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 bernadette also sets that on its head here like she turns that around i mean when she gets to like and this peoples and she's like spreading it i mean she gets nasty on that and not just nasty in a sexual way but nasty like she does not mind popping a blood vessel in her throat on that right line, you well, know? Then, yeah it's almost like then she's about to like sexually harass you or something totally you know and um and and i just like i said i mean just her mama's like i really yes. track her journey like i feel like she keeps failing and then trying something different to make sense of this, what's going on in her mind. And I'm just with her 100% of the way. And also Bernadette has kind of that baby voice anyway. Yeah. So like her mama's, it just adds another layer. And totally. Um, And, you know, and it's just, it's, it's this crazy thing that happens with her because we're in something that is such a Sondheim song. I mean, like I said, in my hypothesis, it's the original Sondheim song on Broadway mm-hmm. and nobody is more suited for that than Bernadette. Yeah. But yeah. then also there's a little bit of a sense of like, you know, Bernadette kind of doesn't quite have all the voice she would want to have. I mean, you know, this is a song that sort of demands you to be Ethel Merman or Patti Lapone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, and indeed even Patty's version she kind of runs out of steam some, you know, or at the very least she has to start like kind of like budgeting a little because it's insane what happens vocally here. So Bernadette is certainly just like keeps coming up empty on some of these lines. And yet she goes so balls to the wall. There's not one drop of being conservative. Bernadette is just going to fucking like burn it all down. Like she sings this song. You feel like 
eight shows a week. She didn't care if there was a matinee tomorrow. She is just fucking living for Rose to just tear the roof down. Totally. And like we said, with some people, it's like Bernadette is someone who communicates, communicates desire and want so well. Yep. Yeah. Um, Who's next? Is and, it- and, and, and honestly, it's also great because we think of Bernadette as being someone that's so smart and all her choices have been so perfect and wonderful all her career. It's mm-hmm. so great to hear her so crass. They never cast yeah. her as crass. You know, but when here she's like, um, uh, uh, you know, everything's, and she's like, everything's coming up rose you know i mean it's like is this like rita moreno on a gay cruise like but like it's just like you know it's just so great to hear bernadette just be like kind of like a nasty piece of work um well speaking of nasty pieces of work before we get to to uh the the notorious plp should we even brush over Imelda? I mean, I know technically Imelda's last in the chronological lineup. But uh, sure, we can do Imelda. Let's do Imelda first because I, I, I don't, I mean, on this song, she is my last choice. Same. But like I said, I really enjoy all of these ladies on this song. Um, and I loved Imelda's uh, gypsy recording that I've I've watched online. I, I, re- I really don't hate it like some people do. No, I like to and watch it. This, I don't like to listen to it, but I do yeah, like to exactly. watch it. I don't love listening to it, but I think she does a really good job with, I mean, she 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 plays a breakdown really well. As well, we've she's seen another Polly's one. And Virginia Woolf. And she knows how to make every line of this make sense. Right. It feels very actressy to me. Like, I just keep being like, that's a choice. That's a choice. That's a choice. But, like, they're all, like, smart choices that, or at least they all are thought, fully thought through intelligently and intelligently communicated, you know? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so finally, Patty I Lupo. mean, uh, I love the way it starts, that, like, evil cackle. The evil I'm cackle like, is wonderful. I'm like, she is having fun like Ethel and she's crazy with anger issues. It's like, it's, it, it's like Patty is so like Jack Nicholson in The Shining in this song. Oh yeah. That's a good, that's a good um, comparison. Patty, Patty, I love the maniacal laugh. Uh, I love the, I mean, no one, you know, like we said, um, uh, Bernadette really knows how to play need and want like Patty. No one does anger quite like Patty. No. Um, and, and, and with such relish, I mean, the way she uses her belt on just a random, when she's like, you either have it, and it's just like this crazy ass, huge belt note, because of course in Patty's love language, what does having it mean? Having it means mm-hmm. being able mm-hmm. to like, just throw out a belt note that like explodes, yeah, the room, you know? Yeah. And it's just so right and perfect in that moment. You know, I mean, I'm really just like coming when she sings habits. It's in, in listening to it. It's, it's, uh, it's like a roller coaster ride, you know? And it I think, really is. um, but with that said though, my only problem with well, Patty's version. Yeah. Is, uh, well, before, is just- before you get to your problem, let me say more. Okay. I like first before my problem. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so I, as far as the roller coaster, I'm so impressed with Patty, um, in this because, it's in that amazing Patty place of that you either have it. I mean, it's basically a combination of everything's coming up roses and a Vita put together, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when she goes into the strip, to me, it is just perfection. I mean, because, and she's doing something she's never really done, which is like 100% just acting it and everything Mm -hmm. else comes second. And it's so genius. You really see what a formidable actress Patti LuPone is outside of musical theater. The way she plays the what's yours, you know? It's just so, it's, her choices are so huge. Well, and talk about growl. Her, my name's Rose. Yeah, I mean, that's monstrous. You know, and those choices are so huge, but they're so real and they're so believable. She's so authentic. When Patty does that stuff, it feels like it comes from the deepest truth of her, you know? Um, Right. I mean, it feels very real. Yeah. And and it's, that's what's so rollercoastery about it at that point is that it's taking these like sharp left turns to these crazy places and it's completely earning them and completely pulling them off. And it just keeps being really surprising when she gets to the, um, uh, uh, the whisper part. What's the, um, um, oh yeah, um, um, uh, Mama's gonna show it to you. Yeah, it's so inspired, you know. Yeah, that's a brilliant choice. Yeah, brilliant, you know, and 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 sexy, you know. I mean, the egg rolls is 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 like something Bernadette would have done in Into the Woods, you know. It's like <laughs> so yeah. fun and fabulous, and and then her mamas, I think, are truly frightening. I mean, for my money, like that section yeah. with Mama. Patty is like. I, I think more than any rose before her, like, she's, it's almost, like, scary, like, it's a therapy session. Like, yeah, I feel like Patty is naked here, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cathartic. Like, when she gets down to that, um, uh, Mama's Gotta Let Go, which is yeah. so over the top and so insane, I feel like I just like looked inside like her darkest. Right. That's like her, her rock bottom. It's her rock bottom. And it's just, um, so up until that point, I am with her a thousand percent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are, Are you still with her at that point? I'm, I'm, you know, the thing is, it's just, um, everything you're saying is right. And it's, and that's why she is brilliant in this song. But also sometimes listening to it, I think my problem is that there's so much going on. Um, yes. And at times it feels a little maybe heavy handed. And you definitely can't, if you're not with her while you're listening, like it was fine on stage, but like to listen to Patty's Rose's turn, if you don't pay 100% attention, if you tune out for a half a second, you're like, what the fuck is she talking about? I don't buy this. Whereas the other roses, you can like, you know, like, uh, you know, hear somebody drop something in another room and, you know, come back to it and you still get what's going on, you know? Right, right, right. So I think, you know, that's my only problem with Patty's is that I, uh, it's a little overwhelming, but maybe that's good, you know? Well, Uh, but see, I feel like I can forgive that because I find that exciting as long as I fasten mm -hmm. my seatbelt and stay with her. Even here, when she gets to the I Had a Dreams, I feel like they're a little bit like Patty can't quite make sense of something musically in her voice. And so she's a little uncomfortable and it's a little bit cabaret singery. Like I buy her. I don't I don't turn on her here. I'm like I'm just like a little bit like, uh, uh oh. 
Remember how the acting was in the driving seat this whole time? Right. I suddenly feel like it's not and something weird is going on. But then I find, but I'm not throwing her under the bus. I'm just like a little unsure on the I had a dream lines. I had a dream, a dream. It wasn't for me. I dreamed it for you, June. It wasn't for me, Herbie. But then when she gets back to her safe space of anger, and if it wasn't for me, then where would you be? Miss Gypsy Rose Lee and lands on her big belt belt voice. I feel that she's 100%. And I'm just like, I'm so there. And I'm like, I forgave whatever happened and fell off course there. And I'm totally Mm -hmm. with her. But then... Uh, Gypsy Rosalie. Then she goes, Did someone tell me when is it my turn? Don't I get a dream for myself? Uh-huh. Um, suddenly I feel like she's, she doesn't trust herself and mm. she's rushing it. Yes. And it feels yes. really disjointed to me here. And I feel like she's just kind of like, it's like the song is moving on and like she has no choice but to like, because those lines are inherently disjointed anyway, the only way for it not to feel disjointed is if you are, if the performer is like on a steady track that they know what they're doing, you know? And here I feel like Patty is just like, the song is like racing past. And so just each line she gets there and is like, I got it. I got it. And it's like, they kind of make sense by themselves, but you kind of can't follow them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's it's why something like, we said earlier, everything's coming up roses is so good for her because it's a steady uh, yeah. track. Yeah. That it allows her to stay on that track and, and she's not in danger of falling off. Yes. Like here and, where it's like, so yeah, disjointed. And so I, you know, then I kind of feel like when she gets settled into the for me's, she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, okay, like I can take the craziness that's in me and I can perform that. And I don't have to make it agree with a song that's too crazy to begin with. So mm-hmm. I feel like when it gets to the really like free verse, like crazy shouting for me's, I can kind of get back on her side. And then definitely like for like the last one, she's like on home turf. She just has to like belt it. And like, you know, it's kind of exciting. It's like the first time in Patti Lapone's entire life that like she had to like, throw her voice out and kind of ultimately have it fail a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's kind of exciting. Cause it's Patty Lapone doing that. And like, it's still so huge and big and she slides up and it's actually like, even though it's a shout, she winds up basically belting like a, what is it like in that video of Patty Lapone's vocal range, you know, it's yeah. actually like an A flat <laughs> or something like, you know, yeah. she actually like winds up just like doing some crazy high belt thing for no reason at all, other than just to be like, well, you know, darling, they said you're allowed to like scream and it doesn't have to sound good. So I'm going to go crazy and high belt, you know? And it's just like, um, You know, I I kind of forgive her that. And because the song is about somebody going crazy so much, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that Patty loses control, uh, I'm kind of willing to forgive it because I was so with her and so thrilled by so much of what she did. And in fairness, every single time I saw her do it live, I bought her 100%. So Mm. I will say that... If it's not uh, my choice for my top three on this in order, Mm -hmm. are Patty, Bernadette, Ethel. Patty, Bernadette, Ethel. Whoa, no, no, no. Oh, my God, I'm so stupid. I'm reading the vote totals. Uh, 
my oh, Jesus Christ, my choices on this song. Oh, mine are Patty Bernadette Ethel also. Oh. <laughs> okay. And that's and that's in that order is is the um yeah, the listeners. I was exactly the same as the listeners. Patty Bernadette Ethel Angela. Wow. Ethel Angela. All right. Well, um, I mean, my choices are very different, but Ethel is in there. My choices were Bet, Ethel, and Tyne. Fascinating. It's Fascinating. really Fascinating. But uh, Patty and Bernadette were right after. Um, but I am I, really happy with anyone on this song. However, I let's let's. I'm not ready to quite assign this one yet because I want to let's go back and, and assign yes, these other small yes. ones first. I'm keeping in my back pocket though the fact that while there were many songs we considered Ethel for, mm-hmm. in this song, she is the only one who was in the top for me, you, and the voters. Oh, in, yes, that's very true. Very true. All right. So what do we know for sure? We know for sure that Bernadette is some people. We know for sure that Everything's Coming Up Roses is Patty. Yes, 100%. Signed, sealed, delivered. Um, so, uh, then, let's see. Um, so, small let's start. World. Let's, let's work backwards. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, let's, let's together. start with... Together. Okay. Ethel or Angela? Um... Well, I loved a- Angela was my first. Ethel was my second on this one. What about you? Yours was Ethel yours was, was my first choice on this, but I did like Angela. And if we gave this to Angela, yes, it would. You know, let's this. If we give this to Angela, it leaves a lot. You know, there would be more sense of Ethel being, um, you know, appropriate for Rose's turn. Um, okay, but just let's, even putting that on hold for a second. Okay, um, you'll never get away from me. Never get away from me, uh, Angela, Patty, and Bet. Which I Angela was not in my top three for this one. Yeah, I know she was for you, and Bet was for you. Yes, and Ethel was for you, and Ethel was my first choice for this one. I mean, Ethel's another. I think we should narrow this one down to Ethel and Bet. Okay, Ethel and Bet. So sorry, and we'll narrow together down to Ethel and Angela. Okay. Um, Goldstone. Goldstone, I'm pretty... I'd be pretty happy giving this one to Bet. Yeah. Um, why don't we narrow that down to Patty and Bet? Okay, Patty and Bet. Um, um, okay. and, then, and then Small World. Patty Small Angela. World right now, we have it narrowed down to Angela, Bet, and Ethel. Angela, Bet, and Ethel, which I love all of them on this song. Who are yours for this one? Uh, mine those, those for three. No, mine for Small World were Tyne, Bet, and Ethel. Tyne, Bet, and Ethel. Okay, and mine were Ethel, Angela, and Bet. So, so should we narrow this one down to Ethel and Bet? Yeah. Okay, so now Angela only appears on our list for together. So maybe that means we should yeah, give let's Angela give that to, one to Angela. I, I'd be very happy with that. So okay, wait. Let me just do bookkeeping here, uh, admin rather. Um, 
Okay, so moving that up to the definite pile. Um, uh, not for nothing. Uh, no, never mind. Uh, well, a lot, a lot of people liked Angela in that. That's all. Okay, so now... Um, Oh, interesting. So now we have, if you put Rose's turn aside for a moment, mm-hmm. Small World is Bet and Ethel. Mm-hmm. Goldstone is Bet and Patty. And You'll Never Get Away From Me is Bet and Ethel. Interesting. Um, okay. Bet is not, well, I mean, the, the voters did not want Bet on Rose's turn at all. So are you willing to right. part with I'm, that? I'm totally willing to part with that. I, I wasn't okay. going to die on that hill. Sure. I just... Okay, so that said, we definitely would want to give Bet at least one of these three songs. Yeah. Um, so uh, it would be I... it'd be easy to give her Goldstone because her competition is Patty, and Patty already has at least one song. Um, However, if we give um, if we want to end up giving Ethel Rose's turn, then we probably should give Patty another one because because otherwise Bet would have three. Otherwise Ethel would have three. Yeah, and and Patty would only have some, or everything's coming up roses. Interesting. Um, so maybe it's actually not this. Maybe because I think we'd be genuinely satisfied with Bet or Ethel being Small World, Bet or Patty being Goldstone, and Bet or Ethel being You'll Never Get Away From Me. Maybe we have to confront the elephant in the room and choose Rose's <laughs> Okay. My vote is Ethel, just because I think we gave Patty uh, uh, Everything's Coming Up Roses. To give Patty two of the big numbers seems a little unfair, When whereas if we're just giving Ethel dregs, you know? Yeah. Not that these songs are dregs, but, you know, the original Mama Rose, and, and my second choice for Rose's turn is Ethel, and I would feel very happy and and satisfied giving her um, Rose's turn. I'm with you. Um, okay. So if we give Ethel Rose's turn and Patty Goldstone. Okay, we give Patty Goldstone. I mean, uh, I guess I would rather give Bet Small World than You'll Never Get Away From Me. Great. And Great. then give I, Ethel I You'll Never that. Get Away From Me. Yes, 100%. Wow. Okay. So. Oh, oh my God. My God. This I is very believe. exciting. So some people, Bernadette, everything's coming up roses. Patty, together, wherever we go, Angela, small world. B- Wait, sorry. I'm all over the place. Some people, Be- Ber- Bernadette Peters, small yeah. world, Bette Midler. Yeah. You'll never get away from me. Ethel Merman. Ethel Goldstone, Merman, yeah. Patty Lapone. Together, yeah. wherever we go, Angela Lansbury, Rose's turn, yeah. Ethel Merman. Oh my th- God! Wait, okay, so everyone got a song except for not everyone. Tyne <laughs> and Imelda. Yeah. Which you mean? I mean, I could have guessed that, but I mean, um, people will be pissed that Patty got two and Tyne didn't get one. Well, you know that's the way the egg roll rolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Wow, I can't believe we 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 actually did it. Uh, do we want to talk about the uh, sort of gypsy mix playlist? Mm-hmm. What that did not make the cut would you oh, like I to see. see included? Um, I mean, if we're opening it up to non-cast albums, I mean, Liza's Some People. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I really do love Ethel's Small World. Yeah, me too. 
Um, I love, I honestly, I love Tyne's Rose's turn. I mean, if we want to throw her a bone. I'd rather um, throw her Small World. Or, yeah, throw her for Small World. Um, <laughs> we just or, you'll never, or you'll never get away from me. I know you liked her on that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind including um, Patty Bernadette and Angela's Rose's turns. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And then Imelda, and what's what's the? What, well, let me see. Which is the one, Imelda? I mean, maybe we just don't include her at all. But I did. She was higher on my list. On uh, you'll never get away from me. Yeah, I would give her that or together. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, okay, then we both have a homework assignment. Which does does Marilyn May sing anything from Gypsy? Well, didn't she sing? What was the one? What was the one you did on Name That Belt the other day? Was it You'll Never Get Away From Me? Oh, was it? Did, didn't you play a Marilyn on that one? Maybe or I did. Well, okay. Anything we can find Marilyn from Gypsy needs to go on the playlist. <laughs> you know what else I would love? My true favorite Rose's turn is Lady Bunny's. <laughs> <laughs> but I doubt there's a recording of it. If we find it, it's going on there. And we will also take listener suggestions of other yeah, tracks yeah. to include. But they yeah. have to be on Spotify. Yeah, and also if if I don't know when this when y'all are listening to this, but maybe that's maybe we'll also cover this on Tuesday in our roses and daffodils segment. Great idea, great idea, and tell us other versions to add. And also, you know, you can bitch at us about what we got wrong, please. But why, why not put the bitch in the form of an iTunes review? Yes, yes, yes. But give us five stars, please, please. Anyway, well, this was so much fun. So I much feel, fun. I mean, talk about cathartic. I feel like we've just gone through Rose's turn with, Ro- you know, we, we have come out the other side. I've, I've been working up to this for a month now, and I've just been holding off on, on saying too much. But what I've been I, holding down inside of me. Yeah. yeah, finally, it's been able to get up and get out. I made you! Oh my goodness. It's just 88 lousy bucks. <laughs> it's not like I'm asking for a second mortgage on this place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sondheim, even Sondheim couldn't come up with those with that good writing. Sondheim, Sondheim, Sondheim. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Um, tune in uh, on Tuesday for our live stream if you want to talk more. And until then, goodbye to blueberry pie. Goodbye to blueberry pie. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> this episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Nolan with an A, isn't it? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.